welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Thunderdome Metal Reviews as we descend into the hell of the trenches with Motorhead's 1916. With me, as always, in spite of it all, are Gabe, Ben, and Tracy. How are you gentlemen this evening? Doing good. Going to Brazil. Ramones. Anyway, so, uh, you know, this is the first Motorhead I bought because 1991 was when I was first really buying metal albums, sort of that arc of 89 to 91. Uh, let's hear some stats and then we can talk about the funny story about the production of this album, which was a bit of a train wreck and involved a producer change. Certainly. Um, this is their ninth studio album. It was released on February 26th of 1991. Runtime, 39 minutes, 28 seconds, released on WGT labels. The producers are Peter Soli and Ed Stasium. Motorhead is, at least for this album, Lemmy on lead vocals and bass, Phil Wizzo Campbell on guitars, Mike Wurzel Burston on guitars, Phil Filthy Animal Taylor on drums, and Jane Hoskins, the cello on 1916. Yep. The story about the production is Ed Stasium, you know, who'd done Ramones and Living Color, a bunch of other people was, you know, he was doing it and they're really close to the Ramones. I mean, heck, there's like a Ramones tribute song on here, but then apparently Lemmy heard, uh, I think it was going to Brazil. And I was like, can you turn that mix up and heard fucking like tambourines and claves? And I was like, absolutely fucking not. And so he was fired. <laughs> so they had to switch gears, which is the most levy thing ever. And I want to point out a bit of a contrast with Ozzy, right? Different, very different person. He's like, no, cut, cut their shit out. <laughs> Just after listening to all that Ozzy, who I love you, Ozzy, but you're a pop whore. But Lemmy was not having it. And so, um, and you know, I would argue in some ways it helped. I think this album, uh, I hadn't heard it in a while because I was doing a ton back in the day. It was the first, as I said, Motorhead I bought. And I was like, oh, how dated is this going to sound? And it sounds a bit dated, but I think, I don't know, it sounds less dated than some of the stuff they did immediately before this. Although it does have some laser keyboard. It's a little bit of bleep bloop happening here. We'll see what Gabe thinks about that. But I see I'm the first, only one who's listened to this album before. Maybe not. No, I've, I've had this album. So. Okay. This is the first, first time I heard it. Yeah. And coming into it, for, it sounds like a definite Motorhead album, but also sounds like an album from the 70s which maybe so you mean a motorhead album yeah like <laughs> exactly yeah like saying, I, was, okay. I don't want to knock him for it it sounded like the 70s but it definitely sounds like a classic rock 1970 album i mean you're not wrong i think like one of the things that i like about this is that it is so immediately identifiable but also i think one of the things that distracts from it a bit is that um, it does appear too simple sometimes. Like it just feels a little bit like dialing dialing it in. Um, and also they give up a good bit of speed um, on a number of the tracks here. So uh, what attracted me like really to, um, you know, the last um, Motorhead record that we reviewed, which is really that just relentless speed and power is not there the entire time. And uh, while it, you know, makes for a more diverse listening experience, I don't think it, I just don't think it works as well. I could see that even at the time I was like, man, I wish this were a little faster. I know that surprises you, <laughs> especially when I got, I'm, so I I'm got, not I talking got... about, I mean, I'm not talking about 1916 to be clear. Um, no, no, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. The other tracks. No, no, I figured you meant the other tracks. And, you know, then I got the greatest hits. I'm like, whoa, this is what they used to sound like. But yeah, it does. It suffers a little bit, but you know, 
I don't know. In, th in some ways, I think I actually like it more now than I did then because I sort of moved on from it because this was the same time I was listening to, you know, the one percent of bands that are Slayer. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I could, you know, it could use a little bit more power. But I still, I don't know. I still think it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's really interesting because they have two guitarists on this, unlike what they did on Ace of Spades when we recorded that. Um, so it is a more robust sound. Um, there are some keyboard elements that add atmosphere, especially on a couple of the tracks, which I, I generally like. And you can still definitely tell that this is Motorhead sound because just like, you know, we just got them doing Ozzy. Lemmy has as distinct of a voice as Ozzy does. But I do agree that you you almost get whiplash from the 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 where the speed ebbs and flows on this because it's not gradual. It'll be like there'll be a track that is that your typical motorhead speed that the next track might not be. <laughs> and again, not talking about 1916. No, exactly. I know it's um, up and down. And we'll do yeah. when we do tracks. See if we can yeah, yeah. but it's just like it's kind of like it's like they're going full throttle and then they just suddenly hit a uh, speed trap and just have to, to like engine brake or something. And it's just, it's not necessarily jarring, even though I said it might give you whiplash, but it's different and it's very surprising. Um, and I kind of wonder why they went to a two guitar setup because it's not like, I mean, they're obviously not doing new wave British heavy metal, like twin guitar attack stuff. So it kind of makes me wonder why add the second guitarist. Although, you know, who, who am I to, to question, I guess. Yeah, that, that's a, a good question. And I think it's it's interesting coming into here, listening to this coming, especially coming off of Ace of Spades when we did that. Because, I mean, they did have a lineup change of Everybody but let me at this point, right? Michael. Um, no, I'm pretty sure Phil Filthy Animal Taylor was still on drums. I don't think either the two guitarists here were in Ace of Space, but we're also talking about like a decade or so later, too. Yeah, I mean it's not much. Yeah, but for sure. On to Gary's point about kind of like how this seems so like paired back. I think it also doesn't help that it's coming at least I don't know how you listen come me coming off of ordinary man to where it seems like Ozzy through everything but including the kitchen sink at that album to get the sounds and every like the production in that one compared to this one it's such a different process and beast I think and it's 30 years earlier yeah but what I'm meaning is like they obviously like just everything went in to get the sounds they did like I feel like Ozzy sure. just we're gonna put this in here. Here's some auto. I mean, I told you what happened when he heard fucking tambourines. Yeah, <laughs> like, cut that shit out and fired the dude. So yeah, yeah. he wasn't. That's a very different process for sure. Yeah, I I think Lemmy had a much more robust sense of what his sound was than Ozzy ever did. Yeah, and, and I would also add that you know there is a difference between going in there and being like, okay, we're going to try something different on this record. And Ozzy, who is like, you know, maybe not in, as involved as he could or should be, um, having other people make those decisions for him and saying, okay, we're going to do, maybe he said, okay, I want to do a feature with Post Malone. Uh, but that might have been the extent of his like input Indeed. into like what kind of thing they were going to do together. Um, 
even if it's that one track, like there are experiments on this. Um, there are some kind of weird things going on, like, you know, the Ramones tribute, for, for example, that's like totally. not out of their wheelhouse whatsoever. But right. like, there's no reason why you need a track like that on your Motorhead album because you know you're Motorhead and you did the punk thing and you probably did it better than those guys. But um, they love Roman so much. Well, I I appreciate that because I love them too. But what yeah. I'm saying is that is not really an experiment that they needed to like actually carry out. <laughs> um, like, I don't think it's like that. You know, it's that necessary. Whereas like. There are other tracks on this where they really do kind of go out on a limb, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, even if, it, <laughs> even if it even if it doesn't work, like I appreciate that they that they do that because they are taking a chance, right? A hundred percent. And I think a part of that also might boil down to the difference between being a vocalist and being a, a musician. Indeed, because you know infamously ozzy i don't know if ozzy uh, he played harmonica and i'm not not to diminish harmonica playing but you know it's not like he was a guitarist or a bassist or anything and i don't think he's even scratched picked it up so a lot of times people who are in bands or around music for this long can kind of you know bang out a little rhythm on, on yeah, one of the totally. instruments or something like that whereas lemmy is actually Started out as a rhythm guitarist in a band Dude. and bass, and and then also eventually took over vocals. So he's coming at it from a much more musical composition side, as opposed to the lyricist, or not even the For lyricist, sure. singer who's just providing a melody. And he's writing. I mean, as descending from that, almost so much more of the material. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and just doing much. I mean, the fact that he's listening to early cuts and firing producers. Ironically, the Ramones former producer. But anyway, uh, yeah, this is just a very different kind of uh writing experience for sure yeah so shall we move on to tracks i think we can okay. we seem to be heading in that direction um i'll go first i think it has a great one-two punch there in the beginning with the one to sing the blues and i'm so bad baby i don't care um and i think the back end of it is fantastic from i enjoy love me forever through 1916 so no voice in the sky going to Brazil and nightmare of the dream time kind of eh, about. I will go next. Um, I agree with Tracy about the opening. I will disagree about nightmare of the dream time. That's one of my favorite motorhead tracks. It's so different than most anything else they do, but like with the recording of his um, vocals reversed and everything else, I think that is one of the most um, evocative and atmospheric it's disturbing as shit. I'd, I'd yeah. forgotten about that song. I was like, oh, wow. It's quite spooky. Spookier than yeah. some of the Aussie, actually. A, a, a lot. A lot more spooky than, than the Aussie. Um, I do like the back half of the album. I think that I'm going to find an ally in this and Gabe, and that I do also agree that I don't know that the Ramones tribute song was necessary. I get why they did it, and it's cool. The Ramones are apparently incredibly flattered by it, and that they did a cover of it, which is meta as fuck. Which I actually think oh, better than this um but i just didn't care for it and then, and then 1916 you i'm i think i'm contractually obligated to love that song so <laughs> because of who you are as a person yeah exactly yeah. you're being paid by the world war one reenactors association got me. i think the big world war one got to both me and ben so <laughs> 1914 called you and said if you don't like this <laughs> We're going to draft you and bring you to Ukraine. <laughs> right, exactly. 
Uh, I, I'll go last because you probably know what I'm going to say. Okay. Um, so I think that the first five songs is probably the best run on this record. Um, I so I like "Want to Sing the Blues." I like "I'm So Bad." I like "No Voices in the Sky." I like "Going to Brazil," um, "Nightmare." Um, the second half for me isn't as compelling, but I still like some of the songs. I think "Make My Day" is a killer riff. Um, "Shut You Down" is also okay, but um, "1916" is a really super interesting song, and I still really don't know why they picked that song to like really sell the album uh, because. It's very strange. I mean, it's the only time I've ever heard um, Let Me Do uh, clean vocals, which is pretty interesting. Uh, it's very slow. The organ I find a bit weird, um, but it works somehow. Uh, it's, you know, it's not sentimental whatsoever. And um, it's just kind of interesting. But I, I also just, I don't understand why they chose that to focus their album around rather than anything else. Um, I think that's partially Britain. It's hard for us to grasp, even more than World War II, what that experience was for them. I mean, it killed like almost double the people. And they, I mean, I'm sure you've been to Britain. My God, like their obsession with this war is hard that's to fathom for Americans. Is that supposed to be about? Yeah. I, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to surprise you when I say pretty much all of them. <laughs> I agree their run song is a bit silly, but I, I don't mind. So I really, I like, I dig this record pretty much from start to finish, including the slower songs. Like Love Me Forever is cool and Nightmare is very spooky. In terms of 1916, my God. I mean, I think it's one of the most effective songs about war I've ever heard, period. Even if it's very different for them. Uh, they did, of course, get shit for not having the French flag on the front, <laughs> which is... <laughs> Also so British, given they were holding 90% of the front for most of the war in the West. But Lemmy was like, oops, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, France. But anyway, um, yeah, it's a very unexpected song, and it's pretty haunting. And to this day, oh, yeah, it's just one of the few songs I've ever heard that is a bit hagiographic, I guess, you know, because it's pointing out that people have forgotten their names, but still points out that all this was just fucking pointless. I don't know. I think it's uh -huh. quite effective. Um, you know, I'm kind of surprised you don't like play that in class. It's like a multimedia. I guess I could. I mean, you know, ultimately, it's not 1914. At least, like it's it's not. You no, know, in terms of accessibility. <laughs> hey, I played walls. 1914 before I played before I played 1916. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> 1918, the band we established. Just play, just but, play Gas Mask. Just like you know, pretty much. Um, you know, I just think it's a much better song than. I'll just be blunt. Anything Sabaton has ever written, or I just can't with the tone of that shit, especially this war. My God, yeah. you know, well, sixty thousand casualties that in a fucking day. That inducing. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. I literally <laughs> thought we've talked about this. I'm like, what's wrong with my hearing? Oh no, that's them being assholes. Who was that? Oh, the nineteen fourteen. The one, the song about um, Messine Ridge, where they like blow the mountain up and they oh, heard yeah. it in London. Oh, well, I wouldn't, you said Sabaton, it would have made, when they did the Flinders Field song, like that's similar to this one. Sure. But that's about as close as I'd come to putting them even in the same hemisphere on that. Well, into that though, and I, I really like the, what they did with Flinders Field too, but that was a piece of actual, you know, war poetry that they were using as opposed to like them writing something about it that's actually even awful like when we did here. So. 
Yeah. I think this album has weathered better than I feared it might. I wasn't sure. I hadn't listened to it in a long time, other than maybe 1916 intermittently when I want to be even more sad. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I appreciate you all giving it a spin. Because we had a lot of choices. There's a lot, they put out a lot of fucking albums. So they sure shit did. This one's just sort of close to my heart because, you know, this is what I got on the ride, as, as you said many times, Ben. This is when I got on the ride, was this album, and then went back. So. Guess we should grade it. Let's do it. David, you want to? I think it's really cool. I like it a lot. Uh, it's not perfect, you know. Um, I'm going to give this, uh, you know, I'm going to give this a 93. I'm actually going to give this a low A, which is probably higher than any of the rest of you, but I just, <laughs> of course. <laughs> James, like, oh, is he going to come in at a B? I almost said A minus. I like, didn't no. think, dude, I didn't think for a second you were going to give this a B. I didn't come think on. for a second either. I was like, <laughs> I was like A minus if we're lucky. I thought about A minus, but I'm like, no, Gabe expects more from me. We <laughs> all expected more from you. Oh, I'll give you a nine. I'll go to ninety-three. It's fucking Motorhead, man. It is fucking Motorhead. I, I was going to give it an A minus, and I still will. Although that that almost convinces me to bump it up. <laughs> do it. No, okay, now do what you want. <laughs> I know I'm a tool. What are you gonna do? I'm going to give it a high B plus, an 89. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Tracy. This is a B plus. That's a pretty tight spread compared to what we had with Ozzy. That's uh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Where does that put us, Tracy? Like probably a 90. 91. 91, A minus. Yep. I'll take it. It was fun. Thanks for, thanks for doing this one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one more Motorhead track album coming up for us. Yep, I would buy this. I did, and I would. Yeah, I was about to. Ask yes. you, <laughs> I would, yeah, and I did. I'd buy this too. I would too. Um, so we got one more Motorhead track, or one more Motorhead album in the pipeline for y'all, and it is their Inferno from 2004. And I was pumped about this because I actually didn't really know the stuff that came much later. I kind of got off the ride. I sort of went back, but not forward. So I'm uh -huh. excited to talk about this. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's it's pretty righteous. But It is very much. They have, they're still Motorhead. They still sound like Motorhead. If you listen to their first few albums, you would definitely know it was still them. But this is way more metal sounding than their early stuff. Good shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty stoked about it too. But all right. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you again next time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>